podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are we doing? I hope you're all good. Sorry, a couple of minutes late, but hey, it's all good because I am joined for the first time by uh, Ram, who, if you guys are a fan of the Football Terrace, he does a lot of uh, shows on there and been in the studio a few times, I'm right in saying. So um, welcome to the TLT pod, mate. How are you doing? Not too bad. Obviously, after yesterday's result, it's um, it was really, really good. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this, my debut. So let's get cracking. First of many, hopefully, mate. Um, mm-hmm. Big up everyone in the in the stream so far. There's 15 of you in there. So if you could please smash a like to show some support, subscribe to the channel. And yeah, we're back now. Obviously, during the, the Christmas period, we didn't really have too much to talk about over the World Cup, I mean, some channels were still going on doing World Cup content, but we're Liverpool fans. We don't care about that. Um, so, yeah, please smash the like button, subscribe. We're back regularly once again. And like uh, WSM2 says, there's nothing better than a green circle from TAT. Now, let me lead you guys into a little secret. Um, I'm an admin on there, but I still have another Twitter account. And even me, even when I see a green circle from TAT, because it's not always me, it gets me excited. I still get that joy. Like there is nothing better than seeing a green circle with positive news. Um, Edif says, you never walk alone. Big up to you, mate. Uh, Kerber says, any news on when Gakpo is getting announced? Keep up the good work. Thank you, mate. Uh, we're going to discuss that. We're going to get onto that very, very shortly. We're just going to touch over Villa yesterday because we haven't spoken about it yet. And there's a, a few things to discuss about that. Uh, then we're going to talk all things Cody Gakpo, uh, the new man in town, and then a couple of rumors that are popping up. This evening, uh, and Dow's always in here, says, I'm so glad Cody Gapo is a red. Great to see Rom on the pod this time. Absolutely, mate. Um, sorry, Ram. I thought you made a mistake, but it was me that made the mistake there. Um, Ram, first of all, mate, uh, I didn't watch any content yesterday, so I don't know what the general consensus is regarding the game. Uh, I just watched it and then had a few drinks with my family. So, yeah, how's it for you, mate? We won 3 1 away at Villa. Was you happy that we like for me right i think there's a time and place where as liverpool fans right now we just have to take the three points how they come so was you just happy with that or do you still have concerns over the performance talk to me mate. how did you see that game yesterday um yeah first 10 minutes was was a blur like we were on top we did our we looked really really good um offensively we just looked we looked potent and then obviously salah got that goal after that i thought we unnecessarily took the foot off the gas i thought we could just carry on with that momentum and hopefully get a second um and then the second goal came along more, more or less when aston villa won the ascendancy it was a corner kick it was a brilliant strike from van dyke i don't know if it was going in so i don't know if it should be his goal but we take it we <laughs> take, take it all day but then second half we looked completely different i really really did aston villa were on top of us we couldn't string a couple of passes together um and then they ended up scoring which i know quite a few people tried to get a little dig at trent oh. honest to god i think i think as a right back um there should be more blame on matip rather than Brent trent because I said matip the same missed thing. his header matip missed his header so mm. that's your bread and butter as the center back so there was that and then we looked nervous 100% we looked nervous but then stefan came on and did his thing, and I'm so happy he scored. I'm, I am really look. Even that Man City game where a lot of people were like, "Yeah, he got ran around," and he he did. He still got showed little glimpses where he like 
okay, you got you got a little bit about yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to his development. I really do. I don't think he should be a lone pivot ever again. I think because he's just so young and he, he does need to go to the gym because he does mm. get muscled off and he's a bit slow. But that will grow in time. He'll gain some muscle mass. He'll gain some speed. Like you look you look at Curtis Jones. Like He was a very scrawny guy when he first came along. Now he's put on some muscle and he looks a lot more physically dominant. So I'm expecting the same thing. Sort of the same sort of development here in Stefan. But yeah, overall, I think decent at times. I think we can fix up though. Like there are certain things where we're like, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that. We're we're of that quality. We can't be doing those kind of things. So yeah, um, I know on Amazon they put Darwin Nunez as man of the match, which was a bit mad. I don't think he deserved it at all. Um, but for me, in, for me, my man of the match was Robbo. Robbo was fantastic for me. Defensively, he was solid. Um, yeah. offensively he got his assist and congratulations to his record breaking assist numbers as a defender which is mad um, so for me yeah it should have been Robbo but somehow Nunez got it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I think that was like when everyone's seen that pop up on the screen but everyone had the same reaction like what like what's going on uh, we'll get on to Darwin Nunez in a bit because uh, I think there's a couple of things to say about him but I agree with everything you just said mate um, I alluded to it at the start like for me now obviously we have to analyze performances we have to be real and yesterday there was some concerns with how easy Villa were getting through us um, just as there was against City but City's a whole other a whole other thing you kind of expect that when like you say you've got Bissetic on his own in there um, yesterday Villa kind of yeah like you say in the second half especially we kind of seemed a bit lost and you know, as soon as they got the momentum, they got the goal and it just got a bit hectic, a bit chaotic. And I wanted, I, I, I don't know if people will laugh at this, but I wanted Milner to come on the pitch in like the 60th minute, 65th minute. I just needed somebody to come on there that could calm it down a bit. Um, Naby actually came on and I thought Naby had a decent little, little night yesterday. Obviously he had that shot, which seen everyone saying, oh, that was like a flashback to the Champions League, which, okay, fair enough. It's not his strength, uh, but I thought he was okay. But like you say, mate, um, it's just nice to get an, a win away from home. They've been few and far between this season, haven't they? So um, first and foremost, the three points is the most important thing. And the performance and the mistakes that were made, I'm sure will be looked at closely um, as the week goes on. But um, yeah, I mean, the goals, I, I loved all the goals, to be fair. The first one, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and I know you're always defending this guy. Um, against people that like to run agendas on, uh, maybe sometimes, but um, for, for for that goal yesterday, the first one, the ball he played to Robertson was absolutely ridiculous, and that was that was more of Trent. And I seen as soon as he played that ball to Robertson and we scored from it, um, Thiago just ran up to Trent to start celebrating with him because he knew that he played such an important role in that goal. And I think Trent had a really good game. There was that moment as well in the box where. And this really wound me up because he did an exceptional tackle from behind. He's kind of come around his man, won the ball in the box. And the Amazon commentary team said that's clumsy defending from Alexander-Arnold. Now, had Trent not have won the ball and given away a penalty, they would have been like, oh, that's why, you know, he can't defend. And he does this. And then the moment he does an unbelievable tackle in the box, they brand it as clumsy defending. And that kind of annoyed me because I thought Trent was okay yesterday defensively and um, a lot more like himself. And I think there was a comment here as well about Robertson. Here we go. Uh, Rory says Robbo was a dynamo yesterday. 
energy out wide, defended the back post, and that touch for the Salah goal was clinical, my man of the match. I think he was a lot of people's man of the match as well. Um, he was Ram's man of the match. Mine, on the face of it, I think after the game, after not watching anything back, just from muscle memory and whatever, mine was um, mine was Virgil. I thought Virgil was looking more like him, you know, the, the Virgil van Dijk we all know, because obviously there was that agenda going around. Is he saving himself for the World Cup? Is he throwing everything into it? And yesterday I thought he he threw everything into that game and um, he was commanding. He won absolutely everything that came his way. And yeah, it just looked more like Virgil van Dijk that we all love and know. Uh, let's get into some more comments ben, before we continue. Just, just Go on, quick. That, that comment, that last thing you said about serving himself for the World Cup, that, mm. that performance, when I saw it, I was like, bro, you're <laughs> a mug. You're a mug. You definitely <laughs> saved yourself for that World Cup, man. I'm like, yeah. I, I, yeah, if it was me, if it was me, I would have done the same thing to just to play, just to play in a World Cup because I don't think he's ever played in a World Cup. Didn't play in 2014, I don't think. So I kind of get it, but bro, you're a mug. I'm sorry, you're a mug. You, you can't because I feel as though this was our best chance to win the league out of everybody because I expected City to not challenge. I'm not 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 sorry, not challenge, not the right word. I expect City not to be at the same level. I expect them to have what they're doing now, where they slap teams left, right, and centre, but then at times don't play well and don't end and end up dropping points. That's why I thought we could have won the league this season. And performances like him, like Verge, Trent, and people like that, at the start of the season, kind of disappointed me. And I feel we could have done something, but sadly, maybe. Maybe, yeah, we'll never know. But um, it's a good point, and maybe there is some truth into there. Um, just before we move on to other stuff, well, I, the last thing, because I think we've covered pretty much all basis already on the Villa game. I don't think there's too much point uh, dwelling on that because we have got other things to talk about. Uh, we're just going to finish talking about the game with Darwin Nunes, mate. And um, WSM2 says, big up you, mate, for watching the stream. Hope you're well. Uh, Darwin does everything right except from finishing. I'm sure he'll eventually start scoring a lot for the Reds. I've seen a lot of, um, what's the word, uh, contrast regarding Nunes yesterday. Some people saying, give him time, he'll put these chances away. Some are already kind of like lost patience with him. Where are you at, mate? What are you saying? Do, are you still thinking that, you know, he's going to start scoring the shed loads of goals? Because let's be real, like he is getting the chances. And if he wasn't, that would be worrying, right? I'm with you with that. If he wasn't getting the chances, like, say, your Lukaku last season with Chelsea, then I'd be increasingly concerned about his performances. But I kind of expected this at the start. If he, if he did this at the start of the season and his numbers didn't, and said, like, instead of having, like, double digits GA, had about five goals and one assist um, up until today or yesterday, then 100% I would have been on his case being like, mate, you cost us so much money. You need to start doing something at least. But I expect him to have this kind of performances. Like I expect him to have purple patches, you know. Um, he had a little purple patch again from like period between Arsenal and Southampton. And then period mm. before that, Fulham, he played really well, then got the red card. So I expected him to have a little bit of inconsistency. I'm not fully out. I'm not, I'm not, I don't like the case of people saying, get him out, he's mm. useless, because He's shown that he's got a little bit of something about him and he's only 23. Um, so that's why I'm going to be a little bit more patient. He's shown something at least. He's at least shown something that saying like, okay, you could be a Liverpool player. 
Um, but yeah, some of the people that go on and say that I'm already done with him, like I feel as those agendas, man. Like it really is. Like people want they made their, their mind up on him before he even kicked the ball. Look, exactly. And for mm. me, I, I made made up my mind on who I wanted to bring in. Everyone knows, everyone knows on the terrace, but if they've watched the terrace, I wanted Lewandowski to come to Liverpool. That was my guy. Um, but we ended up getting Nunes, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be a little bit of a risk, but we'll see what happens. I'm still gonna back the dude. Um, seeing as though he's done something, I'm like, cool. He could stay. He could, he's, I think he's going to be a proper player given the right time and given the amount of um, bleeding in we could do with the team. So I I, I expect him to do all what he's doing right now. But the the hate from from rivals, I don't care because rivals, it's it's them. That's their job. They're meant to put our, put our players down. That's how they that's how they roll. But from our mm. own fans, then it's a bit like come on, we're better than this, you know? That's that's how I see it. 100% agree with you, mate. Um, look, I've, as soon as we signed Nunes, I liked him. And um, there's been two games for me where he let me down so far. And two games where I, I do think my patience was running thin, but that's nothing, that's not me saying that he's a flop. That's not me saying I'm done with him. That's just me being honest as a fan. The first game was Crystal Palace. I was at the game. Um, we were well in that game, started really well. He gets sent off, we draw, which I think was one of the first times we dropped points this season, which um, didn't help us out at all. So that was really a, a stab in the back to all the fans so early on in his career. I think he's learnt from that. He's not really been involved in too much of that kind of stuff since. And then yesterday, for me, I was almost ripping my hair out. Um, and... If that was Salah, I'd be saying the same thing. If that was anyone else, Firmino, Jota, Diaz, any other forward that has that amount of chances for us and misses them, I would be saying the same thing. So it's not just me sat here, you know, slandering Nunes differently as I would to any other player because I know, you know, you could say Salah and Diogo and all those guys probably have credit in the bank for Liverpool. But at the end of the day, credit in the bank can only get you so far and when you know leagues are done by fine margins and i do think the top four race will be fine margins again you need your big players your big money players to to start scoring and doing something more and i i was happy with his work rate everything else he did yesterday i was happy with it was just putting the ball in the back of the net and i think there's only so many times i can defend him and i think he will start scoring like a hundred percent he's getting too many good chances not to score I think it's a game at Anfield with the home fans behind him. Uh, hopefully the Leicester game, because that's be real. They're not very good at the minute. So hopefully that game, he'll get one or two goals and then he'll kick on. If not, the, the Wolves Cup game is coming up again soon. Um, and I think we've got Brentford away, I believe, before that. So yeah, that's going to be a tough one. But there's a couple games at home where I think you just play Nunes, you try and let him get a goal or two and he'll kick on and he'll score goals because like I, I keep saying it, he he's getting too many good chances for him not to start putting that ball in the back of the net. And he's already on nine goals. And yeah. when we signed him, I said, if he gets 17 to 20 in his first season, I think that's okay. And he's on course to do that. So, you know, he's just got to start doing it soon, mate, because yeah, we won. So it doesn't really matter that he missed chances. But in, if that was a game where we didn't win, then it would be on his hands. Almost. We would have, We've seen that already. Like Leeds United was the one that sticks out in my mind, where we had, where he had two one-on-ones and he didn't take one of them away, and we ended up losing that game. So it has cost us in the past, um, 
but he's also won us games at the same time. I feel he's just he's not in a good moment. That is how it is. He's like he's a new signing and everything. And purple patch players, when they're in a good moment, they'll they won't stop scoring. Um, it's almost as though the World Cup came at the wrong time because he was scoring goals left, mm. right, and center, and then mm-hmm. he didn't do Uruguay didn't do that well in the World Cup, and then he came back and missed a couple of really good opportunities against City and obviously against Villa. So hopefully at Anfield, who feel a lot of home and the tea, the the crowd won't give him that much stick and they'll support him. So yeah, they won't. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see, man. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, I'm seeing all your comments. We're going to start talking about transfer stuff because that's what everyone's here for. We had to just talk about Villa because we need to talk about every game. Um, Ram, shortly after, mate, I'm sure you've got your notifications on from the man, the myth, the legend, Paul Joyce, as every other Liverpool fan does. Uh, He sent Liverpool Twitter into absolute meltdown uh, in a good way. Um, Shortly after the game, Paul Joyce confirmed that we want Cody Gakpo and talked to advanced. Just over an hour later, PSV's official Twitter confirmed that an agreement has been reached and Cody Gakpo is Liverpool bound to complete all formalities, medicals, etc. So, mate, how did you feel when you saw that news pop up on your phone? Is this the man you wanted? Is this the position we needed to strengthen? What are you saying? I was genuinely surprised that we'd do it. We're actually going to do it. <laughs> I was surprised. Um, everyone knows that I wanted a midfielder in in Liverpool. And him coming in was a bit like, okay, he's a good player. I like him a little bit. Got a little bit of something about him. But how are we going to fit him in? Because we've got... Jota, we got Diaz, we got Firmino, we got Salah, and we got Nunes. I was like, okay, how are we going to fit this guy in? But at the same time, I'm looking at Jota, and we don't know when he's coming back. Diaz has had a setback, and we don't know how long that's going to be. We're on our uh, limbs for a forward, and we can't put Fabio there because he's not. He's. I have I have this thing where Fabio can play as a winger, but he's not the winger that we need. We can't. We he's not a winger that can't we rely have. on him either. Yeah, at the minute. he's a mm. kid as well. Like you can't rely on him to do stuff. There, he scored against City, cool, but we can't rely on him week in week out to play as a winger. Um, so at, at that point, I was like, okay, cool, this is good. This is a good signing. We've got a talented player, and we've got we've got uh, bodies to cover the, the the what's it called the injuries that we have. Yeah, but I don't want to be negative. <laughs> I need a midfielder, man. I want a midfielder. Like is. I feel as though it's the, it's the big elephant in the room, you know, and we haven't signed a midfielder since 2019, I think. Yes, 20, sorry, 2018, 2018, where we signed Fabinho, a, a midfielder that's around about the mid-20s range and going into their peak. So that's why I'm like, we need a midfielder because we are relying on Fabinho, who's running on his last limbs because he's been running to the ground. Thiago, who's injury prone. Henderson, who's been running to the ground and should be playing as a six, in my opinion, because I think he's better as six, has a lot more, has a better view of the whole field and his passing could actually has benefit us in the end. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, if we get a midfielder, I'm sorted. Uh, but we'll get to that one later. I know there's a little rumbling. We'll get to it. But a little rumblings around in the Twitter sphere. So I will get to that mm-hmm. later. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, before we carry on, I'd just like everyone to go 
smash the like button. There's 20, uh, 24 of you in here and there's only a handful of likes. So please get that done. Support the podcast, support the stream, support your favorite LFC account because, you know, we got 200k um, this week, which is absolutely mind-blowing. So thank you for all of your support. Um, uh, listen, I know what you're saying. Uh, I 100% get it. I thought a midfielder would have been the priority. Obviously, during the World Cup, we sort of talk about Sofian Amrabat and Klopp had met with his representatives, Endo, Enzo, Jude, all these guys. Um, and, oh, Fabricio's just tweeted about us, but it's Cody Gappa. We already know that. Um, so, yeah, I thought a midfielder would be the, the more realistic option until Diaz came to our mid-season training camp and then got muddled again. And he's probably going to be out now until March time. So I think they kind of have to weigh it up. Okay, we've now got Nunes, realistically, as a senior head that can play from that side. Carvalho, like you say, he can do it, but we can't rely on him. He's still young. He's still learning the Premier League. He's still learning what it takes to play for this Liverpool team. Um and then you look at the midfield, and of course we need strengthening. We we all we're all dreaming of Jude and Enzo and all these guys, but the numbers in midfield compared to the the wing right now, and I know numbers aren't everything because quantity isn't quality, but I just feel like they they're taking a, a punt at this because we need a left winger or forward if these guys are out. We, like you say, we don't know when Jota's back, and also. Klopp at, in his press conference last week, which was looking back now, very interesting. He said if the same opportunity as Luis Diaz last year presents itself again, then why not? And that's exactly what happened, mate. Uh, we wanted to get Cody Gappo in the summer. United started sniffing around him. We go and get the deal done. And me, and I'm assuming you and so many others are always here moaning about the lack of transfer business that Liverpool do, especially last summer. I think it was embarrassing what we did. But you know, at the minute when other teams try and take our targets, we are snapping into action. And hopefully it continues because there's a couple more players we need to talk about after we finish with Gakpo. Uh, but I'm very happy, mate, because it was, the numbers were 37 million up front, 50 million with add-ons. So uh, a six-year deal right? as well. Uh, I think it's pounds, mate. I think it's pounds. Neil ah. Jones, I think, tweeted it in pounds. Yeah, but it could ah, be yours. Okay. I don't know. Um but with those numbers, 37 million for a guy that scored that many goals was incredible in the World Cup. Uh, and then 50 million is the absolute max we're going to pay for him. It's For me, it's low, low, fee, low fee, low risk. Because if Cody Gapo comes, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if he comes and he's not very good, you've still got a resale value of 20, maybe 25 mil because of his reputation, his age, all those kind of things. So for that money, mate, and I know we all want a midfielder, but let's just think about the forwards for now. Are you happy with him being the one that comes in? Do you think stylistically he can fit into Liverpool? What do you think of Cody Gapo, the player, mate? And how do you see him coming in? And do you think he'll, you know, start quickly like Luis Diaz did? Um, I've, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't seen much of him. I've only seen him in the World Cup. Um, a lot of my knowledge about him comes from, uh, from Kesh, from the Football Terrace, Big Up Kesh. Um, he said something last last night about Gakpo, and he was like, "We have to be patient with him, and we have to make he have to we have to be also be mindful of the fact that he's still very raw, even though he's quite he's young but old at the same time. He's heading into those prime years, the start. Um, 
he, we have to be a little bit patient. And Klopp needs to get his hands on him and mould him into the player that he wants him to be. Because he's sort of struggling to find what kind of player he is because he gets goals, he's tall, but he's quite skillful at the same time yeah. and quite fast. So he's a bit like, what do I do? I'm not really, I don't really have a kind of position that I'm really solid at because he plays well as a striker, but also does well on the left wing. So it's like, we have to be patient, see what this guy can do, hopefully make a massive impact at the start, um, frightens the lights out of defenders, the usual stuff. And yeah, it could be a great uh, player to have in the future because after after Luis Diaz, we don't. I don't think we have anyone else. But I want to go back to it. Like so we already have Luis Diaz, we have Darwin Nunez, we have Jota, and my theory is Bobby Firmino is going to be leaving this summer. I agree, hundred percent. He's leaving. Um, it doesn't make gonna... sense to have eight forwards. Yeah, and it will make me sad to see him go, but. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens, man. Really, I agree, and I think that is obviously just our opinion. We, you know, we we don't know that you know Liverpool could offer him a new deal and whatever. But I just like I just said, I don't see a world where we go in with seven or eight forwards. Um, could be wrong, but let's see. But Cody Gappo this season, thirteen goals and seventeen assists in twenty-four games um, for PSV. Obviously, three goals in five in the World Cup, I believe it was. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, you know, Virgil van Dijk, of course, has, has had a big role to play in this transfer. Um, you know, probably putting a word down his ear. And I remember him saying that, oh, you know, he shouldn't go to United in the press. And it seems like he's happy to bring his mate in. And, look, I think it's important to have those links in the team of players that know each other, that play internationally, that, you know, get on with each other and... Um, again, I'm in the same boat as you, mate. I haven't seen too much of him, but from what I have seen and the goals I've seen him score, he looks like he'll be useful. He looks like um, he starts from the left, drifts more centrally, whacks his shots into the, the corners of the goal. And some of his goals give me Sadio Mane vibes, to be fair, the way he finishes them. Um, and like you say, his raw, he's still got a lot to learn. 23 years of age, which is, you know, kind of like the sweet spot that we're looking at right now, isn't it? Like, we seem to go for that 23, 25 um, bracket. So I'm excited to see him in action, to be fair. Um, Fabricio has just said that he, uh, Liverpool are planning for Cody Gapo to arrive in England tonight and then complete his move. If everything goes to plan with medical stuff, logistical stuff, sorry, the main part of the medical test will take place tomorrow. So maybe tomorrow some sort of announcement uh, or maybe the day after. But I think, and just finishing on Cody Gapo uh, before we start talking about the other rumours that are floating about tonight, um, we, like I said earlier, we have that Wolves game in the Cup. Do you think that's going to be a good opportunity to just chuck him in and see what he's made of? Yeah, give him a... Because he's already got a little bit of momentum in the World Cup. So I think yeah. sharpness will be the last thing that will be on people's mind. Um Maybe to come off the bench and see what he's all about, get him used to the the climate and the the, the pace of of Premier League football because it is Wolves at the end of the day, um, and it'll be a good opportunity to get forward in the cups, man. Because I, I want us to do, I want us to win more trophies. Like we we were so close to winning all four last season. Yeah. I want us just to at least win a trophy, even if it is an FA Cup. I want a major trophy and if you want to call it a minor trophy. So if the Champions League and FA Cup comes along, it just it just makes Klopp's tenure seem a lot better than what rivals want to make it out as be make it out to be. 
Um, so yeah. I see, I think it will be a great opportunity to bring him on, to bring him on against Wolves. Like it is. So yeah, that's how I see it. And hopefully, if if he if he's getting the number eighteen shirt, he could be just as impactful as he as our previous Dutch number eighteen was. So, <laughs> is that what you see. think? Is that what? Is has that been said that he's getting that, or is that you just because I've not seen? About I mean, number. I mean, number eighteen's available. Um, I thought so, I'd go for ten, or do you not think he's a? T- he would, nah, nah, not ten. I think ten. I don't think you'll get ten. I think because I think the Liverpool people might behind the scenes would be like. Dirk Kite used to wear number 18 and you're for, obviously you're Dutch as well and you're a forward and you play the same position as him more or less. Mm. Might as well take that from him and continue the, the trend. Yeah, let's see. Um, we'll find out all of the finer details in the next couple of days after he's completed his move officially. I mean, PSV have literally con- confirmed it, but um, our guys, especially after a certain French midfielder, things now, so... Um, Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, moving on then to another player who is, again, that Twitter is in absolute meltdown right now. There's been about 10 clubs that have been linked with this guy in the last hour. Newcastle, Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Madrid. Well, um, the elephant in the room, and Cam says, news of Enzo, Ferland- for, uh, Enzo Fernandez link to Chelsea Reliable from CM Journal. The reality is, at this stage, we don't really know. We're trying to find out as much information as we can. The best thing I can say is to make sure you have and once, you know, as soon, literally as soon as we get information, it will be out there and you guys will be able to see it. But um, if you guys haven't seen the news of Enzo Fernandez today, I'll just read out a couple of, uh, a couple of things about him. Gaston Adul has confirmed that United are front runners for Enzo, but Liverpool are in the race. And then, oh, Jojo, who are, Hit and miss, it has to be said, but they they have a couple things right, but a few stuff wrong. Said that Liverpool have intensified the pursuit of Enzo with a January move being increasingly possible. Uh, Corianopoulos, um, I believe he broke the Costa Simica story, says that after the Gakpo deal, Liverpool will move from midfielder, signing one this window and Jude in the summer. And he's claimed that it's Enzo that we'll push him for. So, with all of this stuff, mate. Um, well, mate. All of all of those rumors that I just mentioned, they're just for us. We've got all this noise about Newcastle now joining the race, Chelsea now joining the race. Where's your head at with Enzo Fernandez, mate? Because if we're getting Jude next summer, do you think this is a possibility as well, or do you think it's either or? What are you saying about Enzo? I like Enzo as a player, but I'm not sure. I don't know because if we're getting Jude, twenty mil. That, that that don't help <laughs> that really don't help <laughs> is because 120 mil for jude you're going at the peripheries for that because i don't think any player is worth 120 million pounds let's be honest like, for me especially if, especially a player that is 21 or 19 years old um you either game that's 23 and is doing monumental things on the football pitch um like Kylian mbappe to an extent um, but even then, his price would be a lot higher than that. But that's by the by. For me, I can't see us getting Enzo and Jude at the same time. I can't. Um, if I was to pick one or the other, I'll pick Jude over Enzo because Jude is a lot younger. He's English. He knows English football to an extent. Um, and I feel like he's a carbon copy of what 
Jurgen Klopp wants in a player. Um, I'm not saying Enzo is not. I think Enzo could be just as similar to Jude as he as and he'd be just as good for Klopp. But it just I feel like it's just another. It might be another year of bringing a player in who has to adapt to the Premier League, um, learn a new language, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want that period. I want us to get someone who is more or less may take a couple of months to settle and then kicks on like Fabinho has. Um, so that's why I picked Jude. Um, if we do get both, great. Um, I wouldn't want both Enzo and Bellingham because ideally I want someone else instead of Enzo. Um, I, I'd rather have Sandro Tonali. I think him and Bellingham would be the perfect partnership with the pivot. So that's my take on it. Um, I don't see us getting both Enzo and Jude. But a lot of people, a lot of journalists have come out and said, we are getting Enzo, which is, we'll see what happens. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Because some say Chelsea are in it, Real Madrid, United. I feel as though it mm. could be one of them where our name's just thrown out just to force other clubs to to make the deal. So we'll wait and see. That's a good point, mate. And I think that's quite important to remember in transfers as well. Um, I think the selling club is going to be all over this, like saying to people, okay, this club's interested, this club's interested to try and accelerate that 120 million trigger from United or Liverpool or City. Um, so there's going to be all sorts of rumours coming out. Do I believe Enzo Fernandez will want to go to Newcastle? No. Can they afford him? Obviously. Um, we can pretty much afford any player in the world now, which is mad, but that's just the world we live in. Um do I think he'll want to go United? No. There has been reports that um, they can't afford him, which is hilarious because their fans have always told us about how rich they are and how they make the most money. Yet apparently, they can't afford a player they want. Uh, Manchester United don't have the money to sign Enzo Fernandez in January from Jamie Jackson, who is a reliable Manchester United reporter writing for The Guardian. Um, so apparently, they can't afford him. Who else is a Chelsea it doesn't really give me Chelsea vibes, if I'm honest. But I don't they think do... it will work. No, I don't think but they it will work. They do need midfielders, though, don't they? Yeah, but it's I don't know what Potter wants to play because he plays a back three, but then he played a back four with three, two centre mids. So I really don't know if if he's playing the back three, he won't work because he's not that kind of midfield. He's not a six or mm. uh, a, a, doesn't play in a double pivot unless he's going to be the roaming box to box pivot with a guy that will sit back in front of in front of the defense so i don't think it works but we'll see i, I don't know what chelsea are going to be playing for the foreseeable future so it could mm -hmm. be but I'm, I'm not i'm not too sold on it mm -hmm. and um yeah it's just like you say a lot of these journals are coming out now saying that we're pushing so this is a player that has been been linked with us for a long time by the way this isn't just world cup hype i think i've seen his name around for a long time now after he signed for Benfica and he's had a really good start to the season there. Um, I don't think this is just World Cup hype like, you know, some signings are. Um, I do generally believe this is a midfield that they're interested in, but like you say and like some of the comments say, I don't know if we'll get both, especially with these owners. Now maybe something might change in the near future, which could make us spend that kind of money on two players, but under these owners, no way. I, I don't see that happening at all. Um, I mean, they're supposedly looking for investment to get Jude. So, um, yeah, doing that twice, I don't know. Um, 
So, yeah. Um, sorry, I just got another notification there about something. Um, 120 mil is, I've just alluded to it there, mate. 120 million euros is what Benfica supposedly want, which is his release clause. There's no way, right, that these guys who have been so tight with what they do in the market do this in January, really. Like, I don't see a world where it happens. I could be wrong, and hopefully I am wrong, and hopefully we, we do do it because I, I do think he's a brilliant player. But like you say, mate, I'm in the Jude boat, and if this jeopardises us getting Jude, then I'm happy to just wait for him. I think our main issue should be getting a, a pivot. So like I said, yeah, or Amrabat. Mm. Um, I think because going forward, it's difficult. It's going forward, we're all right, but on transition with that, with Fabinho, who is getting slower somehow, even though he's twenty nine years old, um, he we struggle a bit, and I feel as though if we get a pivot, I feel as though we could be a little bit more solid defensively, um, and reduce the amount of running that say a Thiago or Fur or Henderson has to do. So mm. I wouldn't mind us not getting a centre mid getting Jude in the summer, but getting Amrabat in just to shore up our midfield just for the foreseeable future because the next six months. Um and he may come in, in the summer and be a starter. Who knows? But yeah, I wouldn't put all my money, all my eggs into Enzo. I'd rather put it on Jude. But if we do get Enzo, I wouldn't be too upset about it. Um, he's still a quality player at the end of the day. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a top, top player. There's no doubt about that. And I think the money is for the age and the profile. And obviously, the World Cup, the way he played and Argentina winning the World Cup, that's a big factor now. Obviously, the release clause was already set. But I just feel like now they're not even negotiating. You have to trigger that release clause if you want this guy. Um, and I think somebody will. The question is who? And... I just don't know. All these reports coming out. Uh, I'd like to think where this smoke this fire. But again, we've been, our name's been thrown around in some mad transfer stories in my time and in your time. And if you believed everything that was out there, you know, we'd have the best team of all time in front of us right now. So it's hard to know what's real. But like I say, if you guys keep, you know, close attention to TAT, we have people constantly working to find out more info, the reliable info. And we were tweet random stuff from like tier three sources or whatever, like oh Liverpool are close to an agreement. We literally tweet when it's done or, or when we know that something's happening. So um yeah, make sure you've got your notifications on. And um my last question to you, mate, on Enzo is you mentioned Sandro Tonali and I mentioned Caicedo. If it's not Enzo um that comes in for this window. If there's another midfielder that you could bring in for let's put like a 50, 60 million price cap on it, uh, because then that's basically 80, 90 million for two players, which I don't think is unrealistic. Who's out there that you'd like to see come in if you if we don't go and get somebody that's 120? That's the thing, because the guy I just said, Sandra Tonali, I don't know if he's worth 50 or 60. I think he'd be worth around about 70 or 80. Mm. Okay, you can um, you can have him if you want, but yeah. Do you see um, that happening? He's a Milan boy. He loves mm. Milan. I can't see him leaving. Um, I know that highly. I I love him. Like not love him, love him, but I love him as a player. He's a uh, he's 
he's technically very good, but he's also he's got a bit of Gattuso in him. He does like if you've seen him play and see the way he just goes into tackles and his mobility and his aggressiveness as well. I haven't seen that in our team um, since Genie left. I have. I don't think we since Genie left. We haven't got anyone that's a bit of a prick in midfield, <laughs> and I, I feel like we we're missing that. We're too nice, and that's why I'd like him to come in. Him and Jude, I think, will be the perfect centre midfield partnership. One who's a bit more creative, from deeper, doesn't want to push as forward, likes to at times, but not too much. Not consistently forward and also someone that's really good in the final third that can play those killer balls to the striker I feel like having those two it will be a perfect combination on paper obviously I have to say on paper because we don't know if it will work in real mm. life so that's why I'd like both of them to come in and have someone like an Amrabat or whoever just to sit in the pivot and just dictate play from there I feel like it will be a really really good thing but that's but I'm again I'm saying I can't see him leaving because he's a Milan boy. That's how, that's all my opinion. Yeah. So what, the players that are linked, obviously, you've said Amrabat. There's, who else is there? Caicedo. It's pretty much just those, isn't it? Caicedo, Amrabat, Enzo and Jude. What about uh, Frankie? Yeah. I mean... I like Frankie. I really it would be an like expensive Frankie. one, wouldn't it? And yeah. do you think that's more of like a kind of Jude or Frankie kind of thing? Because I don't know if he's the profile like you just mentioned you want somebody more of like a Fabinho type. So do you think that would jeopardise getting a Bellingham or? I, do, I don't know because we, we, again, we don't know what's happening behind the scene. We don't know whether Effort has already found a, someone to take over. Um, mm. if, if, if that's the case, then I wouldn't be too concerned. Yeah. Um, but I see Frankie working on the other side, a bit like Tonali, not... I think more of a progressor rather than um, rather than a dictator like Tonali is. Um, that's why I think he could work. I don't want to put him in the pivot because I feel as though we're limiting his aspects, just defensive capabilities, where offensively he's just as good. So that's why I'd say I bring him in with with Jude. But again, is wishful thinking. He will cost around about eighty million plus the two hundred and fifty k that he earns a week. So. Yeah, it's, it's wishful thinking at the end of the day. So, we'll have to wait yeah, and see. I mean, that's what it is, mate. Um, as Liverpool fans, we always have to wish and hope, and that's kind of what's killed us in, in recent windows. And for me, um, I think Jude will sign next summer. I don't know, I just got a feeling about it. I think the way he's conducted himself, the way he's spoken about us, and just everything that's leading up to him, I think he'll sign. The question is then, what else do we do? Because it can't just be Jude. I think we've all agreed on that. Everyone that I've had on this on this podcast and other shows I've been on, everyone said we can't just get Jude and that's it. So we do need another profile. And I've always said, like, if we're going to get two or three next summer with a midfielder, before I knew we were signing Gakpo, let's try and fast track one of them to this window, whether that's Amrabat, Caicedo. I would love Caicedo. He's my number one for that type of midfielder. I think Naby, Ox, Milner, potentially all going out. I think if you let three, those three go and bring in Moises Caicedo, I think that's unbelievable because he's kind of like, he, he he can do that dirty work, but he's also got a bit of class about him when he goes forward. And I think that's kind of what we need. And I think that's what you was alluding to earlier. And obviously since we, I think in the last window, we found out 
we was live on air actually when um, the Colombian guys were saying that we tried a last ditch attempt to get Caicedo. Um, since then, I've been watching Brighton a lot to see what this guy's like, and he's unbelievable for his age. He really is, and you know he's not going to be at Brighton for long. I had a, sniff, a sneaky feeling that he might go Chelsea, but um, let's see. He's the one that I want. Him and Jude, and then one more. I don't think that's too much to ask for when you're losing Naby, Milner and Ox. Three out. You can't just let three go out, can you, without replacing them? Um, but guys, I think, yeah, we just got to see what happens. Um, silly season has begun. The, the window's not even open yet, and these these links are just flying around like mad. Cody Gapo is in the door, though, and in the next day or two, we'll find out exactly what number he's going to wear, how much money he's going to be on, when he can play, all that good stuff. So we just got to keep the hope that something else will happen, um, you know, and yeah, let's just see if these owners have one more check up their sleeves before they potentially leave and um, yeah, take it from there. Because Ram, just finishing off, mate, on this pod, everyone's saying like, oh, if FSG are leaving, then why do you expect them to invest that much money? But if we don't get top four, their value plummets, right? Yeah, because if, if they haven't found an owner, then the value of the club decreases exponentially because there's no Champions League football. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, we don't know what's happening with the pound. People forget the pound and the value of the pound could decrease given the circumstances that we're in right now. Um, so right now, for the American owners and FSG in, in particular, they want to maximise on their profit. And this is probably mm-hmm. the best time to maximise on their profit at this moment because we need investment. Um, clubs across the world know that when we're about we want a player, we can't, they will offer big, they have to bump up the price an extra 10 million pounds and FSG model can't do that anymore. So mm-hmm. that's why, that's why they want to sell as much as possible, get their assets and then focus on what they want to do in terms of American, in terms of uh, their sport. And I think they want to buy a basketball team to play in the NBA. So mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I, I feel as though, they want to, if, they, if it's the case that they want to maximise on their profit, bring in a bunch of players and just see if we can get top four. I think they'll yeah. have a have a deal within the contract when they sign it off that the new owners will have to reimburse the amount of money they spend in the transfer window. So, yeah, I think that, that might be the case, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with what you say, mate. And I think we're just going to wrap up there, guys. I think we've spoken about a lot in this pod and listen if everything if sorry if anything happens regarding Enzo or anything else you better be sure you better know that we're gonna go live and we'll be here straight away to talk about it with all you guys in the chat and um yeah just make sure you've subscribed to the channel with your notifications on like the banner says we're pushing to 400 subscribers we want to grow this podcast we want to get more more special guests on like we've got a great relationship with Pipe Sierra we want to get more people involved like that so yeah make sure you subscribe turn your notifications on Ram thank you for jumping on mate we'll definitely get you on a lot more because it's been a really good chat and um, guys we will see you after we have beaten Leicester City take care and we'll see you soon Sports Social Podcast Network.